It's the Detroiter. We're back covering sports in the Motor City in the Mid State. I'm your host, Nick Bradley. We're presented by the Second String, Detroit Sports Nation, the SecondString.com. Check it out. I'm sick. I'm sick. I'm recording this. It's Tuesday night. Um, if you're a baseball fan, a Tigers fan, you know what that means. I just watched one of, if not the most pathetic ending to a baseball game I've seen in my entire life. The most pathetic ending to a baseball game I've seen in my entire life. A professional baseball team making mistakes, making errors I haven't seen on a baseball field since I was riding my bike still to my buddy's house. Absolutely pathetic. The type of shit that your middle school ball coach had you running polls for. Absolutely embarrassing, inexcusable, should never happen on a professional baseball field, much less a team with the talent of the Tigers. They're not world beaters. It's not a fucking all-star roster by any means. They have baseball players who know or at least should know what the hell it is that they're doing, how the hell they're supposed to play the game, what clean baseball looks like, or at least relatively clean. Anything that isn't a complete and utter dumpster fire that you pulled out of the sewer two seconds ago. Pathetic, pathetic, pathetic loss tonight in Minnesota. And I'm angry. Guess what? Newsflash. If you couldn't tell, if you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening at home, newsflash, I'm pissed. I can't stand it. I can't take it anymore. Somebody hit me with a 16-wheeler. Someone break into my fucking apartment tonight and slash me across the throat, dude. I'm done with it. I'm so tired. Not just the Tigers. Because guess what? Goody me, goody me. If that Tigers game tonight wasn't enough, just before that, I got to watch the Red Wings get waxed by the Toronto Maple Leafs. I got to watch the Red Wings roll over and die in an original six little rivalry matchup. Ooh, isn't that fun? I got to watch the other team in Detroit that's been rebuilding for the last six years. The other team in Detroit that has some promising young guys up and coming, making an impact on the roster. The other team on Detroit that might finally be turning the corner, just roll over and get cleaned by the Toronto Maple Leafs. I got to watch that. And then I got to watch the Detroit Tigers blow it, get on their knees and give it the best pole ride that the Minnesota Twins have ever felt. After Correa had a terrible game, the narrative behind Correa buys, Baez was unbelievable, top of the eighth, absolutely muscles a slider on the outer half of the plate, dead center. It looked like it was going the Tigers' way. They struggled. They couldn't find runs. And then they here we are, Javi Baez, the shortstop, the big signing. He bails them out with a three run ding dong they're up one going into the bottom of the ninth sure Gregory Soto wasn't great sure you can't start any ninth inning with eight straight balls that's all fair Robbie Grossman can't catch a fly ball another error that I don't know I haven't seen since I was 16 fucking years old Robbie Grossman can't catch a catch a fly ball Bounces right off his glove, but no worries. It's a good thing Minnesota's terrible because on that error, they still somehow didn't score a run. Everybody's at a base. The bases are loaded. The play's still going on. And the guy at second for Minnesota is a dum-dum, not paying any attention. He runs the third. So not only are the Tigers spared with Minnesota not scoring a run on the Grossman error and left, but they actually are willing to just give Detroit an out. They have two guys at third base, and they're going, please, please, please. I know we didn't just score on that crucial error on a routine play in the bottom of the ninth by your right fielder. Please, that wasn't enough. Please get your second out. We're so bad at base running. Please tag one of us out. And that fucking Nimrod, I hate to be mean, but I'm angry. And you can't make a play like that. 
that after you hit puberty and not expect people to get mad. Eric Haas just run jogging along. Whoopsie daisies tosses that thing into left field. Two runs come around to score. Minnesota walks it off on a double error play for the Detroit Tigers in which they should have gotten at least one, if not two outs and ended the game on. I'm so sick of it. I'm so sick of everything. Not just what happened tonight with the Tigers and not just the Tigers. Not just what happened tonight with the Red Wings. And I wasn't even that upset with the Red Wings. I was disappointed. I was annoyed watching that game sucked. Austin Matthews is just carving us up. We have a fucking hockey team in Detroit. Listen to this. We have a hockey team in Detroit. Austin Matthews is sitting at 59 goals, leading scorer in the NHL. Anything the guy touches turns into nylon. We have a hockey team that believes, oh, Austin Matthews is coming right down Broadway, staring down our goaltender, and he's got the puck on his stick. Okay, here's the strategy. Here's the defensive strategy for Jeff Blaschel's Detroit Red Wings. Nobody attack Matthews. Nobody even dream of pressuring Matthews. Let him get as close as he possibly can. Let him have all the time and the space in the world, more than the fucking Andromeda Galaxy, and just put one top titty for his 60th. That's the fucking defensive strategy the hockey team in Detroit has when it comes to stopping the NHL's leading goal scorer. That doesn't make me feel very good. And then you back that up with the Detroit Tigers putting out the most pathetic thing I've seen since shit on shit. I I don't know how I'm supposed to come on here and be positive because you guys know me. If you've been listening, you've been following, I am the positive guy. I try to be, you know what? It'll be good. Oh, you know what? We got some pieces. Okay, the Tigers have started off slow, but Baez is playing well. This thing's going, the pitching's been well. The the bullpen's been good. I try to be positive because as always, I always give me a fuck, as I always say. There's no sense in being negative, being down and negative and shitting on something. That's not going to help anybody's cause, right? Certainly not the team. Certainly not your enjoyment of it. That doesn't help anyone. I can't help it. I can't help it today. Hopefully next week I come back and record and I'm in a great mood and it's butterflies and rainbows and I bake a fucking cake and everybody holds hands and dances. Not today. I am so fed up with Detroit sports, it genuinely, like, I want to rip my hair out. I have beautiful hair. Hopefully you are watching on YouTube. I have great hair. Now, sure, I do need a haircut. It is getting a little long. The side, especially this side, it's starting to get to the point where I just can't even control it. And I have hit that point, admittedly, weeks ago, where anytime I go out in a social setting, I'm for sure throwing a hat on. But all that aside, I got great hair. I've been blessed. I I can grow it with the best of them. I'm at the point I want to just take a handful and fucking rip that thing out of my skull. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of everything with Detroit sports. Everything. The year's 2022. Every goddamn team in this pathetic sports town of a city has been rebuilding since At the latest, 2015. For seven years, every professional franchise in the city of Detroit has been rebuilding, a.k.a. being fucking pathetic, with no excuse, no answer, no solution in sight. That's all. For the last seven years, they are people that get paid millions of dollars. You know how you go to work and you're like, oh, this kind of sucks. Oh, man, they're not paying me enough. Oh, I don't really like what I do, but hey, at least they're paying me. There are people, listen to this, there are people that are making millions of dollars to do nothing with four franchises in the city of Detroit. Think about that. 
Think about that. You make a couple, you know, I don't know, 20 bucks an hour doing whatever random task that you don't really care for. There's someone who gets to build a basketball team. He gets to build a hockey team and gets paid millions. And oh, by the way, that hockey team is always the worst. That hockey team, that baseball team, that football team consistently makes errors in similarity with that of the 2015 Troy Colts. You believe that? Do you believe that? And meanwhile, you're making $20 working your ass off. I'm so tired of it. I'm so tired of it. I'm not going to be positive. I just, I can't do it. Because you know what's funny too? You know what's funny too? Today happened in Detroit sports. That Red Wings game happened, followed by the Tigers game. And guess what we got on Thursday? We have the Detroit Lions NFL draft, the number two pick. Another time of the year in which it's a time for hope. It's a time to believe things will get better. You're going to add a good piece to the puzzle. Right, Being bad, it's not great, it's not great, but this is the one time of the year you can hopefully feel better about that. And isn't that ironic? Isn't that ironic that this is the time of the year we're supposed to feel good about the Detroit Lions and Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell? And sure, the Red Wings and the Tigers being fucking jokes have nothing to do with Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes, but isn't that ironic? That today happens, those games happen. The wheels have just fallen off totally of this Red Wing season. The Tigers look like a delinquent baseball team. And here we are, the Lions staring down the barrel of the number two overall pick in which everyone's going, man, this front office knows what they're doing. We're going to get a ball player with this number two pick. Surely this is going to go well. Surely the Detroit Lions are going to improve. Isn't that fucking ironic? I'm sick of that too. I'm sick of April being the the high point of the NFL season for me. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. I want the 32nd pick. I want the worst goddamn pick in the NFL draft. Trade the picks if you have to, if that means we get to win a couple games every now and then. I'm tired of it. I don't want to hear about, oh, the hope. Oh, the future of the franchise. Oh, looking forward. I've been looking forward since 2015. I've been looking forward since the Red Wings got eliminated in, what, five games by Tampa. I've been looking forward since I was 18 years old. I'm 24. I'm going to turn 25 in a couple weeks. I've been looking forward for way too fucking long with nothing to show for it. And I, I, I don't know. I can't do it. I, I just, I like, I can't do it anymore. I really, I'm just, I'm furious. I'm depressed. I'm angry. I'm just defeated. Like, I just don't even want, like, I don't want to watch the Tigers anymore. I don't want to watch the Red Wings. I don't care who the Lions take. Take a fucking sandwich if you have to. doesn't matter to me. Don't care about the Pistons. Cade, he wants out. Sure, get rid of him. Do whatever he wants. I'm tired of it, dude. Fold every franchise in Detroit. Ship them off to Antarctica. Don't give a fuck. Get rid of them. The Illiches, see ya. Thanks you, but leave. Um, who's the Gores? You can go as well. The Fords, shut it down, fold, sell the GM. Don't care. I'm sick of it. I'm done with it. I'm tired of this shit. I'm tired of this shit. The city of Detroit, seven years, every single franchise in this city has been a fucking joke since at the latest 2015. How is that even allowed? How is that even possible? Like in formats, it's not college. Like when the Akron Zips go two and 10 in their college football season, they don't get the first overall recruit that year. That's not how it works. How is it that in the pro game in leagues that are literally created and set up. So when you're really fucking bad for one year, you're supposed to be able to get better pretty quickly and pretty easily, let alone seven years in a row. You get the number one picks, you win the lotteries, you have all the cap space to acquire free agents. And yet you're still at the bottom of the bottom of the bottom year after year for seven straight. 
making errors that literally, dude, if I was playing a game of Mario baseball and Yoshi threw that ball in the left field, I'm throwing my controller at the wall. How is that possible? We've got a Red Wings team that actually couldn't care less if they lose a game. Actually couldn't care less. We got a Red Wings team that goes out there and is the whole time they're skating around, passing the puck, shooting the puck. I don't know how they do anything. I don't know how any Red Wing keeps the puck on a stick. I don't know how they put any shots on that when they're just staring up at the clock the entire time waiting for the 60 minutes to run out. Can I go home yet, dude? Can I go home? Can I go on vacation? Can I stop playing for this fucking ass clown Jeff Blashill? Can I just get out of here, dude? This sucks. I'm tired of hockey. My legs are sore. I'm sick of it. I'm so tired of it. I'm tired of it. And I don't know. Like, I don't know. I want to be positive. I am in a mood. I'm in a mindset. If you can see me, you're watching the YouTube. I, I'm just not. I can't. I can't be positive. I don't know how I'm supposed to be positive after what I just watched. The Detroit Tigers, they, we're supposed to be better this year. Think about that. We're supposed to be better this year. And it's so fucked up because I was sitting there watching that game. I watched Gregory Soto throw eight consecutive balls, and I was getting a little upset for sure. I was getting angry. I'm like, dude, at least make him hit it. Like you throw, what, 98, 99, just put some shit over the plate and see if they can do something with it, something. Give yourself a chance. I would have been upset. If Soto walked those two guys and gave up a walk-off home run or whatever, they beat Minnesota, beat Detroit, hitting the ball. They beat them in a normal baseball way, in a normal professional baseball way. I would have been upset. I would have been sad. I would have been disappointed. I probably would have made an upset TikTok. I would have recorded tonight and been pissed. I can't believe that I just saw the Tigers blow it by way of throwing the ball around, by way of like when you join baseball, like when your dad, when you're nine years old and your dad's like, hey, Billy, I got you this glove from Dick Sporting Goods. You want to join the baseball team? You could play with your friend Tom down the street. He he likes baseball. I bought you this aluminum bat too. Isn't it cool? Red, your favorite color. When your dad puts you in baseball and you show up to practice that first day with your bag of orange slices and your Gatorade, your coach gathers the team around. He puts you in the field and he says, guys, First things first, we're going to learn the principles of baseball. And the number one principle, the number one key when you're fielding, you're playing defense, never throw the ball around. Eat it. Hold on to it. If you don't have a play, you don't have a clear-cut play, never throw the ball around. Stand, deliver, make an accurate throw. Don't throw with your chest opened up. Don't throw blindly. Never throw the ball around. That shit you're learning when you're nine years old. And I just saw a bunch of grown-ass men who get paid millions of dollars a year to catch, throw, and hit a fucking ball, blow a game, making mistakes that I haven't made for 15 years. Blowing a game, making mistakes that my high school's not even varsity team, my high school's freshman team wouldn't have done what they did tonight. I think the right fielder, I'd put money on the right fielder at Troy High School being able to catch a fly ball. I'd put money on the catcher for Troy High School being able to throw the ball from, we'll even stretch it out a little bit. Haas was down the line. I'd put money on him being able to make the throw from home plate to third. I would put money, all of my money, on the high school catcher at my alma mater making that play. And Eric Haas and Robbie Grossman, two pros, two millionaires because of this game, couldn't do it. <sighs> Makes me sick to my stomach. A team that this is supposed to be the year you start to get competitive. We brought some guys in. Yeah, we're supposed to win some games. We'll be fun. 
the Tigers will do some things. They'll give Minnesota, you know, they'll give them a hard time. Chicago's going to have a bit of a hard time. Yeah, yeah. The Tigers will be good. This is the year we fill the ballpark up again. This is the year people get interested in the Tigers again. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Fuck that, dude. Fuck that. I'm tired. I'm tired of it. And you wonder, Chris Castellani, I watched his video just before this. He said it best. You wonder, like, why nobody goes to the ballpark? Why the fuck would anybody pay money to go see that? Can you imagine paying money to see that? Like, I sit here. That's the funniest part about all this. The funniest part, the most pathetic part, the most pathetic part about all this. Here I am. I'm a 24-year-old guy. Like, I'm young. I should be outside running fucking sitting in the grass. I don't know whatever else 24 year olds do. There's a lot of stuff I could be doing with my Tuesday night. What a fucking loser I am. I'm sitting here on my couch eating a bag of cheese. It's like a scumbag. Although cheese, it's are great watching the Minnesota twins and the Detroit Tigers kind of pumped up, puffing my chest. Like damn, Javi Baez had three run dinger in the 11th hour. Like that's going to get the job done. I'm getting angry. I'm hinging some of my emotion, my happiness to the Detroit Tigers playing a baseball game in the month of April against the Minnesota Twins. What a fucking loser I am. What a loser I am, dude. What a loser. I uh, My entertainment plans for Tuesday were let me watch the Detroit Red Wings, the dumpster fire Red Wings that haven't done anything positive since I was a freshman in college. Let me watch them play the Toronto Maple Leafs. Let me watch them just get embarrassed. Let me just watch them get walked on more than my fucking fucking doormat let's watch that tonight that's that'll be fun that'll be my entertainment that's what i'm gonna do that's how i'm gonna spend a day of my life as a 24 year old that's so pathetic that's so pathetic and the worst part is the thing that really makes it pathetic because you could say anything like if you're a sports fan in general you want to watch other grown men go play sports that's kind of pathetic what's really pathetic (laughs) That's really fucking just embarrassing and lame. And I wish I just, a 16 wheeler came through the camera and blasted me in the face right now. As I sat there, I know the Red Wings are a joke. I know the Red Wings have been one of the worst, if not the worst team in hockey since February ended. I know the Red Wings have been the worst team in hockey since 2015. I know the Tigers have been the worst team in baseball since 2015. I know the Tigers were 6-9 and nine going into this game, underachieving like a motherfucker before first pitch tonight. And I still sat down. I still had expectations. I still said, oh, this won't be so bad. And I watched those games. I hinged my emotions to them. And then I came over here like a jackass turn that camera on and started talking about it what kind of loser am i honest to god what kind of loser am i like there's got to be a special word for loser's a little too broad it's a little too lighthearted. that would be taking it easy on me oh the kid who watches the tigers for fun the kid who watches the the sports teams from that city who's had actually nothing good happen to it since 2015 that dude the 24 year old who could be doing a million other things no no he's not a loser that's your, that's way too, oh, he's got a podcast too. Oh, he sells shirts themed for that, for that city sports. Oh, oh no, 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 no. He's not a loser. A loser is someone who like thinks the girl is into him and then she isn't. No, no, no. This guy is pathetic. This guy, I'm scum of the earth, dude. I'm the dirt in between your fucking toes on your way home from the beach. Like I am the lowest of the low. That's what's pathetic. It's not pathetic. That I watched a baseball game. It's pathetic that I'm sitting here upset talking about it. It's a it's pathetic that for seven years I've been watching that baseball game, expecting change. 
hearing things, reading things going, oh, it'll be different. It'll be different. It'll be different. Detroit sports can't possibly be the worst fucking sports entity in America forever, right? That can't possibly be true. That It's like, that's a statistical anomaly. That can't be the case, right? No way. Oh, guess again, you fucking loser. Guess again, buddy. Seven more years. It'll be 2030 by the time any of these teams break 500, by the time any of these teams look like a minor league affiliate. It's such a joke. It's such a joke. AJ Hinch, AJ Hinch. If you don't join us, if you want to come to Detroit, great. If not, we're going to have to lose the, in embarrassing fashion in the ninth inning. Like, and AJ is not in the field. AJ wasn't the one pitching. I don't care. He's responsible too. That was embarrassing. That was the most embarrassing thing I've ever seen in pro baseball. Like, honestly, the Tigers have been bad. Like, the Tigers have been fucking bad these last few years. Like, really, really bad. I'm trying to think, at least out of the games I've seen, of a more pathetic loss than what I just witnessed tonight. Because that was, like, you don't top that. Will another team in baseball top that? I find that hard to believe. That Mets-Cardinals game was kind of crazy the other night. Not even close to what this was. At least the Cardinals, they made the right play. They got the ball to first. It was just out of time. They made the throw to home. It was just out of time. We were throwing the ball around like nobody had arms. Like everybody had throwing arms and nobody had a catching arm. It's it's like everyone got blindfolded and it was like, all right, guys, just go off the sound, little echo location, and uh, figure it out. Three more outs and you win. Woo, go team. Pathetic. Red Wings have been a dead body wearing ice skates since the month of uh, February. Jeff Blaschel still somehow the head coach, although I don't expect that to remain the case. And if it is, I, I don't know. I don't know what I'll do because, like, I don't want to do this again. Like, I'm so – I'm sweating in this hoodie. I'm literally sweating. My pits are sweaty. My arms are sweaty. My hair, my forehead sweaty. The back of my neck sweaty. My nutsack's a little sweaty now. I'm jostling around in this chair. I can see my water. I'd like to take a drink. I can't get this upset often. I don't want to do this again for a long fucking time. I literally couldn't help myself. I told you, I'm a pretty positive guy. I like to look at things and go, well, it'll get better. Well, you know, they got some guys. I I can't do it today. I can't do it today. You want positive Nick Bradley? You want the positive Detroiter? I'm sorry. Sorry, guys. Can't do it today. I don't know how anybody could watch that game last night or tonight, I should say, and do and and one positive. Javi Baez is good. Boom. There's your positive. He rakes. He's good at shortstop. Cool. We still fucking lose every single time we play. Great. Cool. Nice. Javi's good though. All right. Well, well, Blake Griffin was good that one year and then it didn't fucking matter at all. It actually hurt the Pistons. Um, so that's cool. No, great. Great. I love being a Detroit sports fan. I really, it's, it's awesome. And you know, it's funny looking at teams, I don't know, like Philly with the Sixers who probably won't win it all in the NBA this year. Or you look at Toronto, I guess they got their chip. But you look at these cities where they're not really perennial, unless, you know, Tampa, I guess, has had a good little run here. And then, of course, Boston. No really perennial cities. No one really winning all the time or at least in the finals all the time or the World Series or the Super Bowl. At least a team like Philly or a city like Philly, like, at least the Sixers like win a playoff series every year. Like, at least the Sixers play good basketball. Dude, I haven't had one team. At least the Eagles win a couple games. <laughs> at least Jalen Hurts is kind of entertaining, dude. At least Devontae Smith is cool. At least you're switching back to the Kelly Greens. At least you guys throw snowballs and batteries at Santa Claus. Like, 
At least there's a couple things happening, dude, since I'm 18. Since I'm 18. Since I'm 18, not one good thing's happened in Detroit since I'm 18. And I still, I still sit here like an asshole and watch the Tigers. I watch the Red Wings. I tuned into a couple of the Pistons games at the end of the year. <laughs> They're contending for the first overall pick. I'm like, yeah, sure. Now I'll tune in. Let's see what Cade's all about. <laughs> all I'm hearing, we had a rookie of the year. This Cade kid's going to be unbelievable. I checked the standings. Oh, we're the worst team in the NBA? Cool, dude. That's sweet. At least we got Cade. All right. All right. Great, great. Worst team in the NBA, though. Oh, the Lions. It's the draft, man. Hard Knocks, too. Brad Holmes, Dan Campbell. You believe in them, right? Like, this is the time. It's gonna. It's only going to be up from here. You're going to get a really good player in Hutchinson or Thibodeau or whoever. Like, yeah, man. It's a time for hope. Oh, great. The Lions have a top five pick in the NFL draft again. It must be April. It must just be another year. It must just be the most regular fucking year there ever was. The Lions got a top five pick. So they were dog shit the year before? What else is new? Since I was 18, try since I was negative 30 years old, that's been the case. It's like just one time. Once. Because you would think, you would. I get the Red Wings. I get the Tigers even. I get the Pistons even. The Lions are an anomaly. But you would think like seven years, is that not long enough to rebuild? Is that not long enough? Honest to God. Is being the worst team in your league for the last five years in a row not enough time to at least be competitive? To at least look like you've been playing organized sports for the last couple of years? Is that not long enough? Like, how long do the Tigers need to just look competent? Honestly, they need another seven. Do they? Need, do I need to be 40 years old before the Tigers can make routine plays that I did in high school? Like, is that what it takes? Do I need to be 40 years old before the Red Wings can at least keep it close with a relatively good team? Like, is that what it's got to be? Do I need to be 40? Does Steve Eiserman need to fucking die of old age for the Red Wings to finally see this breakthrough or uh, rebuild come to fruition? Honest to God. Honest to God. Like, does Isaiah, does Isaiah Thomas need to have great, 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 great grandchildren? for the Detroit Pistons to be remotely relevant. Does he, does the human population need to be extinct for the Lions to like have any sort of success? What has to happen? Seven years going on eight years. Oh, this is the year. Oh, helps on the way. Oh, the rebuilds coming to a close. Oh, the Red Wings got these guys, the Tigers, Oh, Pistons and Cade. Okay, dude. Okay, dude. I've been the positive guy. I've been the believe guy. I've been the helps on the way guy. I've been the, it's getting better. The low points behind this guy. And then I watch tonight. I watch the Red Wings tonight. Watch the Tigers tonight. <laughs> the Lions picking two on Thursday for the millionth year in a row. It feels like we have a high pick. Like, okay, man. I'm the positive guy. I just like, I'm, I'm defeated, bro. I'm defeated. Like, not to compare myself to Jesus, but I feel like what Jesus must have felt like when he was on the cross where it's like, dude, my disciples, my apostles don't want to get my back here. Like, none of Christianity wants to, to to fucking corroborate my story. Nobody's brought, Nobody brought their Bible to the cross hangout. All right, dude, just fucking pin me up here. Like, I'm good. Just pin me up. I'm done. I'll bring the nails. I'll bring the nails and the hammer. If you could bring a little water and a sponge, that'd be great. If not, who gives a fuck? Just nail me up, dude. And you don't even need to sand the cross either. Like, I can deal with a few splinters. That's where I'm at with Detroit sports. Like, just get – I'm done. Just get rid of them. Like, tell me Jeff Bezos is going to buy all four teams and move them into Hawaii. Like, I don't care. 
do it. Fuck it. I don't care. Let me have other hobbies. Let me care about other things. Let me like, instead of spending my time talking about these pathetic fucking franchises and owners and front offices, let me spend my time like trying to make jokes. Let me spend my time researching happy, positive stories that'll make me smile and make you smile. And we can all laugh and go to bed like a golden Graham and wake up like Winnie the goddamn Pooh. I'm so tired of it. Quick break. We'll talk to draft. Okay. We're back before we get into it, before we do anything further, um, for my sake, for your sake, mainly for my sake, I need to hit a deep breath. So real quick, just hit me with a Okay. Okay. We're better. Okay. We're better. We're better. Um, nope. We're better. We're better. Not going to get angry. <laughs> we're better. Positive vibes. We're better. Not going to get angry though. For sure. Not going to talk about that Tigers game anymore. Um, we're better for the fact that they play like 12 year olds. Okay. We're better chickens with their head cut off. Okay. I'm better. We're feeling good. Positive vibes, Detroit Lions, NFL draft. They aren't the most pathetic franchise to ever grace North America. That's not true. Positive vibes. We won't think about that. We won't talk about it. Brad Holmes, Dan Campbell, they won't be like all the others before them. They'll be different. They'll change it. The Red Wings aren't a joke. They haven't been for the last seven years. A once great franchise in, in a fucking city that literally calls itself hockey town. Hasn't been an absolute disgrace to the game and sports as a whole the last seven years. We won't talk about that. It doesn't exist. The Pistons haven't been irrelevant since 2008. That's not true. We don't think about that. How is it possible to be an absolute fucking joke for a decade and have zero assets before Kate Cunningham? We won't ask that question. We won't think about it. It's okay. Okay. The Detroit Lions are picking second on Thursday in the NFL draft. It is a new time for the Lions. There is a new front office. There are new powers that be, new people making the decisions. <laughs> I actually hate myself, dudes. Please study my brain. Like if, if someone out there is listening, whenever I die, whenever that may be, soon, far. However, if you can somehow get in contact with the coroner that examines me, please donate my brain to science, some sort of sports medicine situation. I don't think I have um, CTE or anything like that, but like, like a fan, like, is there like a sports medicine for the fans doctor? I'd like to be examined there. Like, I would just like to know what exactly is wrong with me. I'm not sure. It doesn't make itself totally obvious, but like, if you're like, once you hear what I'm about to say, there's for sure something wrong with me. Like for sure something wrong with me. You listen to the first half of the episode and then I come on here in the second half to say, it is a hopeful time for the Detroit Lions. <laughs> I can't even say it without almost crying laughing. It's a hopeful time. It's a new regime, surely. Brad Helms and Dan Campbell, this, they'll be different. This time, it'll be different. This regime will win some games. We'll see a playoff game played in Detroit for the first time since 1991. Of course, that'll happen. <laughs> I fucking hate myself. 
I really do. I'm like, I really do though. Like I really, I really do. Um, I don't know. It's exciting, right? Like it's exciting. That's the thing. I'm so upset. I'll probably be pissed tomorrow too, to be honest. But by Thursday, I should be good. Or at least whatever anger I have, whatever emotions I have will be mainly geared towards the Tigers being a fucking dumpster fire. Not so much the Lions for right now. They get their day of reckoning in the fall every year. It is exciting. What is actually wrong with me? They're going to get a good player. They're going to get a good player. Now, the rumors are swirling as they do every year around draft time. There is no quarterback or at least no bona fide like 1-1 or is he going to move up the, the draft board's quarterback this year, which is kind of interesting. feels like that hasn't happened for a while where there isn't at least one QB that one or more teams is rumored to be targeting as like their franchise guy. They really think he's got what it takes. It's kind of, it's Kayvon Thibodeau, it's Aiden Hutchinson, and it's Trayvon Walker. Seem to be the unanimous top three, I believe. Maybe Kyle Hamilton's in there somewhere. I guess maybe Malik Willis, like his name gets thrown around. I don't really know how much validation there is to that. Like a week or two ago, I want to say it was Kuiper mocked uh, Malik to the Lions at two. Like, I don't know how real that is. It doesn't seem that that would be the case just from what Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell have said. They seem to like golf a lot, at least for now. They seem to think he's a fine placeholder and be in no rush in replacing him, which, you know, could be a smokescreen. Wouldn't be surprising probably if that is how they feel, but they do want to take Malik or whoever. Sure. Yes. Do the smokescreen. Don't let anybody know what you're thinking, but that it doesn't seem like it makes a ton of sense. It does seem a little early for the lions to go after their QB. It does feel like, they need so many other things, very specifically the front four, very specifically the defensive line. And these top three picks are all catered to what the Lions need, which is that defensive line. Word on the street, they don't like Thibodeau. Apparently they don't, I don't know, like his character, whatever. Apparently he's kind of lazy. I'm not sure what it is exactly. I think I read it, though, that they're just, the Lions are kind of like, eh, on Thibodeau. I think it's because, or maybe I was listening to a podcast where it was like, uh, I think it may have been Bill Simmons where it was like the Lions are out on Thibodeau because they just want a guy who loves football. They want a guy who only cares about football. And I guess Thibodeau's into like crypto and is trying to build some business. So Dan Campbell and Holmes are like, all right, that's fine. You can build your business anywhere else. You're not going to do it in Detroit, which I don't totally hate. Like on one hand, I am kind of of the belief like, dude, as long as he's not breaking any rules or breaking the law or getting in trouble, I don't give a shit what this guy does off the field. But on the other hand, I'm not so certain I want a guy who's going to be the number two pick, leverage that for whatever it is he does with his business, and then five years from now go, you know what, maybe I don't want to turn my brains into mashed potatoes. I'm actually going to just bail on this whole football thing and uh, continue working on my business that you guys helped me out with when you drafted me number two overall and gave me a bunch of investment money. Remember that? I'm out. Thanks, though. Also, you know, the guy who in the offseason doesn't give a shit unless it's a mandatory workout, doesn't give a shit. He's not studying the playbooks. He's the first guy to leave, last one to get there. I could see that. I understand that point of view. Like, you don't want the guy who is kind of half in, half out, especially in a game like football where you are being hit by a train multiple times on a daily basis where it takes, like, it's got to take more than than the normal human, like, bodily spirit, physicality, and mind to want to go be a pro football player. Dude, by the end of the high school season, and I played quarterback, right? So I kind of got it easy. Like, I'm not doing hitting drills in practice. I'm not going out and hitting people. That said, 
I got murdered quite a few times, more than I would like to say. Um, thought I not like thought I had concussions multiple times, but multiple moments in my life, like, like frozen in memory where I'm about to get hit, like before the hit were in my head. I remember just having the instant split second thought, like, uh, this guy's going to injure me for sure. Isn't he like this? I'm not, I'm not going to get up from this hit. Am I thankfully knock on wood? I did never really had a major injury, got banged up here and there, but never had a major injury playing football. And even those season, those nine game seasons, sure wasn't getting paid a fuck ton of money. But at the end of those seasons, I was always like, let's fucking go, dude. I am elated to be done with this shit. Like you start practicing in October, November, it gets a little chilly out. Like you lose a couple games, you're not going to make the playoffs. And it's like, you start looking around practice, more and more guys are hurt on a weekly basis. And all of a sudden you're going like, damn, dude. I kind of want to get hurt. Like my friend over there is just wearing hoodies and sweatpants and he's got a winter hat on. He's smiling. He's look at him. He's laughing. He's making jokes. He's got a broken, you guys see him. He's got a broken ankle and he's over there making jokes on the sideline. I want to do that. I've been healthy all season long and I'm fucking miserable. I want to, do I have to break an ankle to smile? I'll do that. I'll take that trade. I haven't smiled in eight weeks. It's got to be tough. It's got to be grueling to make it all the way through a professional football season with a positive attitude, with being good at your job, and then want to do it all again next year. Want to spend an entire offseason training and grinding just so you can do it all again next year. That's got to be tough. So I understand the hesitation on the on the side of Dan Campbell and Bob Quinn. Or Bob Quinn. Fuck that guy. Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes. I can understand the hesitation if Thibodeau's like not all the way in. You're a little worried. Okay, I get it. I hear you loud and clear. Like I would be too. I'm fine. Give me Walker. Give me Hutchinson. One of the two. Jacksonville can't take both. Give me one of the two. And apparently this Trayvon Walker out of out of the clouds, out of the clouds, is the guy. Apparently he's shooting up draft boards. Now he's become the unanimous number one pick. I swear to God, I didn't hear about this guy during college football season. I didn't watch every Georgia game. I'm not even like an SEC nut. I would watch the big game, sure. The Kobe Dean knew about him. Um, Jordan Davis knew about him. One of their corners, too, I even knew about him. Trayvon Walker? Not a peep. Not a peep. I'm sure if you're a Georgia fan, I'm sure if you're an SEC fan, this guy was probably getting talked about 24-7. Not a peep up in the mitten state. Hopefully Jacksonville takes the bait. Jacksonville, outsmart yourselves, Jacksonville. You're cute. You're a little too cute. Do something dumb for us, Jacksonville. Get a little too fancy. Dive a little too much into the hype and the narrative and the analytics. Take him. He's an SEC boy. He's SEC tough. He's a national champion. He knows how to win. He got a starting role on that elite Georgia defense. Like, come on. Take him. So what? He's never been a true pass rusher. Eh. Tomato, tomato. Who gives a fuck, dude? He played at Georgia. Have you seen his body? Guy's a freak. Take him. Besides, probably loves Jacksonville. He's used to playing in the warm weather. Come on, Jacksonville. Take Trayvon Walker. I'm officially, I've leaned. I've gone back and forth. I want Aiden Hutchinson to wear the Honolulu blue on Thursday. I do. And you know what? I don't care that he played at Michigan. Well, the moment if the Lions take him, the moment the Detroit Lions take Aiden Hutchinson, I'm going to be the biggest Aiden Hutchinson stan on the planet Earth. Like, I don't think people understand that. 
the moment, the second, the instant the Detroit Lions take him, I am going to be the biggest Aiden Hutchinson stan on the planet Earth, dude. You don't even understand. Like, I will, I will be rocking Aiden. I was about to say something crazy. I'm not even going to mention it. But I'll be rocking an Aiden Hutchinson shirt. I'll make his ass a design, dude. I will make Aiden Hutchinson a design. We already got the Michigan one. Fuck it. Throw it in Honolulu blue. I want Aiden Hutchinson. Give me the elite pass rusher. Give me the most important position in the game outside of the quarterback and by far the weakest position when it comes to the Detroit Lions. Give it to me. Give me Aiden Hutchinson. That said, if the Jags take Hutchinson and we take Walker, okay, I'm happy with that too. I'll live. That said, if the whole Thibodeau thing was a smokescreen and they renege on that and they take Kayvon Thibodeau, give me that too. Give me one of these guys that plays on the defensive line. Inside out, that's how you win in football. They've done it on the offensive line. Hopefully, everybody stays healthy. Everybody lives up to the expectation. The offensive line in Detroit this year is poised to be at least like a top 10 line in the league, probably top five. Like we should have one of the stronger offensive lines in the entire league. They should be able to open stuff up for Swift, who's mentioned the other day. He's like, I have dreams about running behind the offensive line, which is a sick fucking quote for him to give. They should be able to give Jared Goff time. DJ Chark should have time to get open. Amon Ra should have time to get open. Hawk should have time to get open. The more you talk about the offense, the more it's like, all right, they got the offensive line, and they don't need a whole lot more after that. Like, if you got the engine, you've got the meat and fucking potatoes, the Brussels sprouts don't need to be that great. They just need to be there, right? The, the dessert doesn't need to be that great. A chocolate chip cookie is a chocolate chip cookie is a chocolate chip cookie. You got the meat and potatoes. You got Sewell, Decker, Ragna, Hawk. St. Brown, DJ Chark, it's not the best chocolate chip cookie in the world, but it's still a chocolate chip cookie. And guess what? When you got the fucking cleanest, coldest, creamiest milk on the planet to go with those mashed, I don't even know what I'm saying, meat and potatoes, that chocolate chip cookie gets a little bit better. They've done it right on the offensive side. They've built from the inside out. Now, can they put the pen to the paper and actually do it? Can Jared Goff deliver? Can, will these guys, this offensive line that it is supposed to be one of the better ones in the league, will they live up to that standard? Will Amon Ra take another step forward? Will DJ kind of pick up where he left off before the injury? Will Hawk continue on his upward trajectory? Will Swift continue to do what he's done? Obviously, you have to do it in person, but the hopes are high offensively. They need to take that exact same philosophy and model and apply it to the defense, which was kind of up and down last year. There were times the defense last year was the fucking worst, like maybe worse than Patricia's, embarrassing, pathetic. And there were a lot of times, which never happened in the Patricia era, where they were pretty damn good, where they held some offenses to like 13, 10 points. They made key stops. They got key turnovers. There were times, there were games last season where this defense, it was a jackal and a hide, where the week before, they'd give up a 40-piece. And then the next week, they hold the team to 14, and you're like, that's pretty good. Like you should be able to win with that. With that offensive line, those receivers, Jared Goff, you give up 14 points, you should win that game. Like I don't think this offense even if everybody plays to the, to you know their max capabilities, I don't even think this is an offense that puts up 30 points a game or even like 27, 25, 24 points a game. This is a team that should be winning games this year 21 to 10, 24 to 17, 27 to 20. Like 
the defense just do your job, improve. You get an impact pass rusher day one who will make your defense better, will instantly make your defense better. They signed a few free agents. I can't remember the guy. Collins, the, the guy from Baltimore, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, the safety. They've signed the, Okuda, hopefully comes back in a big way. Obviously, another year for Aaron Glenn to coach these guys up, implement his system and his scheme. The defense, you need to build it from the inside out. I always said it. It was the reason why Patricia never worked, why those defenses never worked, because they never had a pass pass rush. They never had a defensive line, and they never did anything about that defensive line. Well, when you're playing in the NFL and you're playing guys who are professional quarterbacks, you have to rush the passer. You have to rush the passer. You cannot let a halfway decent NFL quarterback just stand in the pocket and throw it to whoever he wants to. You're going to get toasted every goddamn time. And that's what the Patricia Lions did. They didn't have a four-man rush, and yet they never blitzed. Make that make sense. What Aaron Glenn, what Dan Campbell did much better than Patricia, the four-man rush wasn't great. Sure, it got home here and again. The Okwara brothers have some moments. Um, what's the big fella's name? Levi Anzawerki has some moments. Hopefully, if you bring in a Hutchinson or whoever, they'll have moments. But they, they aren't afraid to send the blitz. They aren't afraid to mix it up, bring different guys, show you different things, create artificial pressure, whatever it is. They understand the concept. Whoever your defensive back is, even if Jeff Okuda panned out and is the best number two pick, is the best cornerback ever, even or number three pick and is the best cornerback ever, even if that is the case, it's fucking tough to play cornerback at any level if the opposing team's QB sits there for nine seconds. It's so difficult to stay with an NFL caliber wideout for four seconds, let alone eight. Like, so, so difficult. Everything on the defense, the safeties, the linebackers in both the run game and the pass game, the corners, every single part of the defense hinges on the defensive line. In the pass game, hinges on applying pressure. In the run game, hinges on your defensive line occupying blocks. Every single part of the defense relies on it. Similarly, the offense, every single part of the offense relies on the offensive line. Barry Sanders wouldn't do shit if he didn't have five guys blocking for him, right? Tom Brady wouldn't do shit if he didn't have five guys blocking for him. Randy Moss wouldn't do shit all the way through, inside out. And it seems to be that that Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell, here I go again, having hope, believing in the Detroit Lions, believing that a team that hasn't done anything since 1991 will somehow figure it out now, figure it out now while I'm a fan, while I'm saying this, because it makes sense for some reason in this stupid galaxy where we watch sports and talk about them. It feels like they understand the concept of inside out. They took Penny Sewell. When there were other sexy options on the board, it feels like they understand we got to run the ball to throw the ball. It feels like they understand on defense, like you got to be strong up front. You have to rush the passer and then everything else will fall into place. It feels like it. It does. It feels like they realize that. It feels like that's the way they're going to go in this draft. Uh, I'm afraid, guys. We just spent the first half talking about the Tigers. That's the exact reason I'm afraid. Them taking a Malik Willis, them taking even a Kyle Hamilton, them taking a wide receiver or something, God forbid, would be the equivalent of what happened in the Tigers game tonight. I, I don't think they're going to let me down, but until the pick is in, until the name comes across the screen and the dude's holding up the number two Lions jersey, I'm not going to be sold. How could you be? It's the fucking Detroit Lions. It's 
Detroit sports. It's the city and its teams that have been plagued by inferiority and failure since I was in high school. Since I was in high school. Give me a pass rusher. Give me Hutchinson. Give me Thibodeau. Give me Walker. I don't care which one. Give me one. Let's build the defensive line. And then let's build the linebacking core. And then let's build the secondary. And then let's go get a QB and win a playoff game. Let's do it. There's the plan. There's the blueprint. That's all you got to do. Easier said than done. You got to identify the right guys. Hopefully hit on a second round, third round, fourth round pick. Maybe add another wide receiver. There's the blueprint. Go do it. Go do it, Brad Holmes. Go do it, Dan Campbell. Go do it, Sheila Ford Hamp. Go do it. Don't be the Detroit Lions for once in your life. For once in your fucking existence, don't do what the Detroit Lions would do. Make the right decision. Improve this team. Take the next step forward to someday winning a playoff game. Please. For the love of God, please. For the love of God. Because if you take a wide receiver, if you take Sauce Gardner, I'm going to hang myself from the bathroom. <laughs> I'm going to sit in my car in a closed garage. I'm going to do it because I can't keep dealing with this. I really can't. So please, please don't make me do that to myself, please. And the last comment, I, I just need to disclaim this. The last comment, whoever the Lions take, if it is a sauce gardener, I will be upset in the moment. I will, I will root for, I will be positive about. I, I, you have to be. And this goes for everyone. Whatever guy it is, Malik Willis, Kyle Hamilton, Sauce Gardner, that you just like, if the Lions take him, you'll lose it. Another tight end, God forbid. You'll absolutely lose it. Be angry for a day. Be angry for a little bit. Voice your opinion, sure. But after that, please root for him. Please realize that their success equals the Detroit Lions' success. Please realize that keeping a grudge and being upset that the Cats didn't take who you wanted at number two so you root against this 20-year-old kid in Detroit isn't going to do anything for everyone. Listen, if I'm disappointed and they say take someone I don't want, the next day I'm going to be the kid's biggest fan on the planet. I'm going to root for him more than anyone in the world. I want him to be more successful than anyone else outside of like his parents and his girlfriend. So if you're disappointed, Please, and I hate that. It's like a human hum, humanity type thing, certainly a sports fan type thing. People want to be right so bad that they'll root against that guy just to say, I told you we shouldn't have taken him. Please don't give me any of that shit. Because if there's one thing the Detroit Lions can't afford, it's guys rooting against their second overall pick 36 hours into his tenure just because he's not the guy they wanted. Please spare me with that shit. We're not 12-year-olds. Whoever it is they take, root for him. Rooting for failure just so you can be right and text in your group chat is the lamest shit you can possibly do. Okay? Okay. Last thing I want to talk about today, Hunter Dickinson announces he's coming back to Michigan. Made a little video on this. There's not a ton to say. Um, I think it's good for Michigan, right? Like you get a guy like Hunter Dickinson back, obviously this will be his third year, so now he's experienced. He's used to the Big Ten schedule. He's used to Big Ten competition. He's used to banging bodies with the Kofi Coburn, Zach Eadies of the world. He's a good fucking player. Like he scores on most guys. He gets that little baby hook and few can stop it. He gets rebounds. He plays defense. He's a big fella. He seems to understand and like kind of love competition. He was talking all that shit about Wisconsin, Michigan State, Ohio State. Like he's cut out. He's built for Big Ten basketball. He's a guy I think 
if you're U of M, you want in the program. He's another guy. I don't know if he was there the year after Juwan started or when exactly he came, but he's been with Juwan essentially the entire way. You'd think to some point he's an extension of Juwan just as a player. Um, That'll probably help recruit. Good for him. Good for him. I mean, he's not going to go play in the NBA, so it was either here or Israel. I'd probably live in Ann Arbor and take the NIL deal as well, so I don't blame him. But I do think think it's good for Michigan. I do. I mean, you get a good player back. You get a good third-year player back. Of course, you get a leader back, an experienced guy back, like one of the better bigs. Kofi's gone. I don't know if Edie's gone, but one of the better bigs in the conference back. Yes, that's a good thing. Yes, that's a good thing. I wish Hunter Dickinson was coming to MSU this year because we don't have jack shit in the front court. So it is a good thing for Michigan. Now, if some of those, if a couple of those freshmen, Musa and uh, Caleb, if one of them comes back, we'll see what the incoming class looks like. Michigan should be better. But at the same time, they should have been a top 10 team this year. So it's kind of, well, it'll be interesting to see what happens with U of M hoops this year. It's kind of like a fresh slate coming off the final or the elite eight run. And then to this year, just super disappointing fall from grace preseason number six to just kind of ass, although they did make the sweet 16. Um, I think Hunter coming back is a good piece. I think he'll want to win, obviously. Like, he will have his eyes set on a prize greater than just making the second weekend of the tournament. Got to believe he's going to have his eyes set on a prize greater than being the 11th seed in the Big Ten. So I think it is a good thing for Juwan, for the fans, for Michigan, for Dickinson, right? Uh, Unless he's an Israel stan, then I don't know why he'd pass up on Europe. But it's a good thing for Michigan. And now, am I quaking in my boots? No. Am I going to wake up in the middle of the night tonight like, fuck, Hunter Dickinson's back in Michigan? No. Had Franz Wagner returned a guy like that? Yes. Hunter Dickinson? No. I mean, yeah, I'd prefer he leave. I think Michigan would be worse if he left. But Hunter Dickinson coming back doesn't suddenly make me go, oh, man, we're not – this is going to be – we're not going to be able to beat Michigan this year. Mm. Doesn't suddenly make me go, oh, lock him up. Lock Michigan up. They're going to win the Big Ten. No. He's a good player. He's going to help the program. He's going to help the team. And I think that's all there is to say. If I was a Michigan fan, I would be happy about it. As an MSU fan, I'm excited to hate him for one more year. I'm excited to hopefully beat him for one more year. And that's it. I'm not crying. I'm not I'm not necessarily afraid. Do I wish he was gone? Sure. I think you'd you'd be worse if he was. Am I terrified that he's back? No. Am I ready for more college hoops? I could wait another like month or two, but kind of, yeah. I'm more so ready for college football. Okay, that's all I got today. Um Kind of negative that first half. I'll level with you. I mean, not kind of. It was very negative that first half. Couldn't help myself. Couldn't fucking help myself. I I just, I don't know. I'm so fed up with every team in the city being a fucking loser and nothing ever changing despite rebuilds going on for the last seven years. I'm tired of it. Hopefully the Lions make a nice decision. Hopefully they take one of these front four guys, take a nice a step towards I, like winning a playoff game, <clears throat> saying taking a step towards winning a playoff game seems ridiculous. 1991, that seems like a ridiculous thing to say. Hopefully the Lions make the right decision and take a take a step towards winning eight fucking games. Like, that's the greatness that we're achieving. That's the, the target we're shooting for. You shoot for the eight wins and you land in the clouds at six wins. Like, I don't know. I just, I, I don't know. I don't know. I appreciate all the support. Hopefully I'm better next week. Hopefully, you know, there's more positivity. Hopefully we got a rookie, an exciting rookie to talk about. Hopefully the Tigers win a couple games. Hopefully Mel Tucker, maybe he'll do something cool. Usually MSU gets me fired up. It's just like, I don't know. 
Maybe we'll just like skip out on the Detroit stuff next week and just talk NBA finals. Anyways, I appreciate all the support. Like I said, we're on YouTube, Spotify, Apple. Check out the shirts, thesecondstring.com, DetroitSportsNation.com. Um, I appreciate the support, the listenership, everyone who messages and interacts. If there weren't people who watch this and the community and the support, I would just for sure not do them. So I really appreciate it. Um, it's cool to see. It's fun to build. Uh, I'll talk to you guys next week. Be more positive than me, please. I don't say that much. Be more positive than I was today.